0: Welcome to r slash malicious compliance, where a stupid security guard tries to confiscate some lady's breast milk. Our next Reddit post is from Onion Soup for the Soul. So about two months ago, I went to Cuba with my mother. It was an all-inclusive trip, so everything was pretty much provided for by Sunwing. Whenever I travel, I like to bring with me this cute 500 milliliter glass water bottle with this rubber pink casing that I got while I was in China. Normally, this bottle wouldn't be an issue. There were a few odd times when airport security would check to make sure that it was empty because it was clearly over the 100 milliliter maximum, but they would always let us go without a hitch. When we were traveling to Cuba, the bottle was checked and given back to us on our way there, but on the way back, it was a completely different story. There were tons of people flying out of that airport the same day as us, so there were like 200 people waiting to check in at only three check-in counters. When we finally checked in, it had been about two hours since we got there. We were pretty tired from standing, so we wanted to get through the gates as fast as we could, so we took the shortest line in security. There were two people working at each bag check area. At ours, there was a lady looking through the screen displaying the x-ray and a guy in charge of checking suspicious bags. When we put our bags on the conveyor belt, the lady began gesturing to her partner and pointing at her screen. The guy then grabbed my stuff, and then carefully shuffled through the bag. But really, he just went for the water bottle, because I assume that's what the lady pointed out on the screen. Is this your water bottle? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna confiscate this, because it's against the rules to bring this on board. But it's empty. Yes, but it's over 100 milliliters, and that's against the rules. At this point, I was confused, but I didn't want to make a scene and get kicked out. No, that's for liquids. No, it's for the size of the bottle, and it's glass. But we have this bottle, and it's also glass. That's under 100 milliliters, so it's allowed. At this point, I wasn't sure if he didn't know the rules or something, because every time he answered, he sounded very unsure. Can I see where it states that I cannot bring an empty water bottle over 100 milliliters with me? The guy grabbed a nearby plaque that labels prohibited items and pointed to a wine bottle. I said, but that's not allowed because it's alcohol. No, because it's a glass bottle over 100 milliliters. His tone at this point indicated that his real intentions were that he wanted my water bottle because he's really just grabbing arguments out of thin air. At this point, I was just trying to test his nerves. So, if I had a 100 milliliter glass bottle of alcohol, I could bring it with me? No, because it's alcohol. I said, so is that, referring to the plaque. He said, do you want to take the cover off the bottle before it's sent to be destroyed? He handed the bottle back for me to remove the casing. Keep in mind that there was some more bantering back and forth, basically saying the same thing over and over again. I was really pissed at this point. I really liked that water bottle, and it was clear that the only reason he was confiscating the bottle was because either he or the lady wanted it. So I took the water bottle from his hands. But since the only problem is the size of the glass, I can take everything else. So I stared into his eyes as I removed the lid of the bottle and handed the rest back to him. His face instantly became red with anger, and he aggressively threw the rest into the disposal bin. I now have no use for the cap or the casing, but he now has no use for a bottle with no cap, and that's all that matters. Down in the comments, we have this story from Subtle Glow. I had to sit for 45 minutes while the TSA in the United States tried to figure out if I was allowed to carry on my breast milk for my 3-month-old who was traveling with me. I had purposefully packaged it in individual bags around 60 milliliters each, but because of the overall volume, they were concerned. It wasn't until the little dude got hungry and I whipped out my boob to feed him, making snarky comments like, did you want to confiscate the milk from my breast as well? Did they tell me that it was okay to continue on my flight? Their manager never even got there. (laughs) Be like, ma'am, you're free to board the plane, but you'll have to leave your boobs with us. And last but not least, we had this story from Deleted. A few years ago, I was at Mumbai airport going through security. They noticed that I had dollar bills in my bag and told me that taking Indian rupees out of India is prohibited by law. I quickly checked, and sure enough, there was a regulation about not being able to carry over the equivalent of about 400 US dollars out of India. I had this money left over from my trip and I'd planned to exchange it once I got home. Security told me they had to confiscate it, and I figured they just wanted the money to share amongst themselves because when I flew through the airport previously, it was never an issue. I told them I'd like to speak to a supervisor, and they gave me some BS excuse about the supervisor not being available right now. I said no problem, I'll wait until he's available, but I'll wait in the terminal. I zipped up my bag, and they told me that I wasn't allowed to go back since I had already technically cleared security. I ignored them, and I told them I was going to use the bathroom while I wait for the supervisor to become available. I went back into the terminal and spent all the money. They didn't chase after me, but when I came back to go through security again, they were pissed, and they still didn't have their supervisor present. They asked me where I hid the money, and I said that I spent it. After that, they proceeded to open up every single pocket in my bag, trying to find something they could confiscate, but they failed miserably. Totally worth it. Our next Reddit post is from Reed Duncan. So, my ex-wife and I used to have a great relationship. But she's become petty and somewhat vindictive these last couple of months. Our relationship started going downhill after her daughter, my ex-stepdaughter, broke into my house and stole from me and my new wife while we were on vacation together. Yes, I invited my ex-wife and her boyfriend to come on vacation with us so that it would be a family thing. My current wife was completely fine with it. Not only did we invite them, we paid for everything. Plane tickets, rental house, meals, activities, etc. We've done this before and it was nice. While we were on this vacation, my ex-wife's daughter broke into our house and stole from us. We had to file a police report because one of the things stolen was medication and we couldn't get new prescriptions without filing a police report. This upset my ex-wife even though we told her before we called the cops and she said, do what you need to do. Before this, my ex and I would pretty much just buy whatever the kids needed while we had them. Every once in a while, she would ask me to split the cost of some things, and I would. I had never asked her to split the cost of anything prior to this, but lately, she's been asking me to split the cost of just about everything she buys. Fine, whatever. I usually buy most of the things for the kids anyways. About a month ago, my son needed some new equipment for indoor lacrosse. My ex-wife asked if I would split the cost, and I said fine. When she took him out shopping, they couldn't find everything, so I bought most of the stuff online. I asked her what she bought and how much, and I told her what I bought and how much. It turns out that she owed me for the split. It was only 40 bucks, and I would have let it go, but she hounded me for a week over $5. This pissed her off. She's fine when I have to pay her, but she gets pissed when she has to pay me. I only asked for her portion of the split because she asked me to split the cost in the first place. We argued back and forth, and then she came up with a list of things that we wouldn't have to split, and everything else we would split. So then, after comparing lists, I owe her 80 bucks, but she owes me $425. Today's episode is sponsored by Sunbasket. Because of COVID, I literally haven't gone to the grocery store in like two years. Obviously because I don't want COVID to kill me, but also because I do voice work, so I don't think my fans would really enjoy my content if I catch COVID and I have to record episodes like, Welcome to R slash Pro Revenge. That's why I love, love, love services like Sunbasket. Sunbasket is a meal delivery service that delivers healthy meals straight to your door. They offer organic produce, sustainable seafoods and meats, and best of all, it's honestly really tasty. The other thing I like about it is that they don't only send you meals to cook. Like, yeah, you'll have ingredients and instructions for how to cook a healthy meal, but they also give you snacks, and who doesn't like snacks? Look, I'm just going to read the names of some of these dishes so you can get an idea of what we're talking about. Pan-seared salmon tikka masala over rainbow quinoa. Honey balsamic glazed chicken with warm cabbage apple salad. Chipotle barbecue tofu salad with black beans and honey mustard vinaigrette. Right now, Sunbasket is offering $90 off and a free gift when you order. Go to sunbasket.com slash r and enter the promo code r at checkout. Our next Reddit post is from Secret Asylum. My mom found a bottle of vodka in my room and both of my parents lost their minds. I decided for once that I was going to stand my ground. They were abusive and they used to hit me and gaslight me all the time. I only stopped getting hit when I finished high school, and I'm still convinced that it was because I scared them when I started getting more pissed than scared and telling my dad to hit me, since that's all he knew how to do when I could see it coming. One time when he hit me, I even offered the other cheek lol. The gaslighting and occasional verbal abuse still continues though. When they found that vodka bottle, I was an adult, and it wasn't like I was abusing it. I only ever drink once or twice a month, and never enough to not be able to act sober if needed. A bottle lasted me a while, so I said, yes, it's mine. I'm an adult, and I choose to drink occasionally. They started accusing me of being a drunk, saying that all the times that I've been happy or laughed the last few months was only because I was drunk. They then moved on to accusing me of probably smoking crack and other hardcore drugs. They had previously found some weed before, but that's a whole story of its own. They said that I was choosing to be a bad girl who does this stuff when there are good girls who don't. Finally, they said that they were going to cut me off and pull me out of university since they were paying for it, while actively discouraging me from working so I could focus on my studies. My dad had his name on my bank account, and he had previously emptied it of the significant amount of money that I had saved. That money consisted of insurance money that I received when I turned 18, and the money that I earned working summers at our family business. They probably planned to do the same thing again. They said they weren't going to pay for my university, and that if I was going to drink and do bad stuff, then they weren't going to help me with school, and I had to drop out, make my own money, and move out. They said they wanted nothing to do with a daughter like me. My dad also made it a point to say that it didn't matter what happened to me, and he said that he doesn't care if I die of a drug overdose or COVID. This was the last thing that he said to me before giving me the silent treatment for months. They were not going to kick me out. This was all just mind games. They expected me to crumble, that I would beg at their feet to stay while swearing that I would never look in the direction of liquor again because they knew that I was financially dependent on them. I knew this because public appearance and reputation meant everything to them. They would have to explain to our relatives and their friends what happened to their daughter, who no longer lived with them. In our culture, kids moving out of the home isn't very common. Plus, when I resorted to holding up in my room after the verbal abuse, and not leaving for days unless everyone else had gone to bed so I could eat... My mom came to me demanding to know if I was going to listen to them and not do bad things ever again, LMAO. They literally wanted me to beg for forgiveness, but I did not beg. I gave her the bare minimum response while holding on to my anger. What they didn't know was that I wasn't just holed up in my room avoiding them until things died down. I was doing what they told me to do. I was making money, not just any money, but money they had no access to. Over the last few years, I had been writing a book online and posting chapters for people to read for free as a hobby. I was the quiet kid who was a bookworm growing up, and I still am. My mom didn't like how I used to just sit quietly and read instead of interacting with the family that bullied me for being a fat child. She was always telling me to stop reading. My love of reading and not being able to stop daydreaming and creating stories in my head had me turn writing into a hobby. I started writing book in my free time without expecting it to go anywhere, posting it for free on Wattpad. I was content with the little boost that I got from reader comments and votes I got each time that I updated a chapter, even if it was only once every few weeks or months. Even the fans harassing me for updates made me feel good because it told me they enjoyed my writing. Those days that I was hiding in my room were actually spent writing the next few chapters of my book, what I would have lazily spent months writing here and there, I instead wrote in days. I created a Patreon page and posted the new chapters on that before posting an update where I regularly updated new free chapters, informing my readers that they could pay to read chapters early on my Patreon, and that I was going to start uploading multiple times a week there regularly while still providing one free update every week. The next time my mom started writing me about staying in my room, I played along and agreed with her, lying through my teeth that I would never drink again, and that I knew that I was wrong. I knew that I would never make enough to move out and stick it to my parents, but I used the emotions they brought out in me to encourage me to start creating financial stability for myself. I made $600 in the last 10 days of the month. Then I made over $3,000 the next month, then $5,000. The amount that I made each month kept increasing. Last month, I was a few dollars shy of making $11,000. This month, I think I might make even more. I wanted to keep my income a secret, but I was happy to tell my mom that I started making money from writing when she asked me what my plans were after I got my undergraduate degree. Because now, the roles were reversed. I was right. They did not intend to kick me out. My mom knew that I was making money from writing, but not how much, only knowing that I said that I would continue to if I started making enough. I have never seen my mom backtrack so fast, but not before attempting a bit of gaslighting, of course. It hadn't clicked for her how much money I was making while, in her eyes, I was just sitting at home on my phone. It only clicked with her when I dropped the news that I'd made $60,000 since I started earlier this year. Now, my mom is afraid to say anything that will upset me. She did smell weed once, but instead of calling me out on it and searching my room inside and out, she asked me hesitantly if I knew anything, and even ended the conversation by saying, oh, it must have been from outside, after I denied it. I'm going to stick around without rocking the boat until I finish my degree, or until I have enough money saved that I'm comfortable losing my parents as a source to turn to for help. My source of income isn't very secure yet, so I'm still cautious about letting it go to my head. Our next Reddit post is from Sky. Is good. When I was in the fire academy, the women's dress code said that our hair had to be worn in a neat bun. I had layered shoulder-length hair, so it was difficult to keep it up neatly all day long. The shorter pieces would stick out of the bun and fall around my face, and my bangs weren't long enough to pin back without using an entire bottle of hairspray. Most of my instructors were understanding and said that as long as my hair was up and my mask could seal to my face, they would consider me to be in dress code. But there was one instructor who said there was no excuse. We're a paramilitary type school, so dress code is extremely important. She acknowledged that it wasn't a safety issue, but told me that I had to follow it anyway and that doing my best just wasn't good enough. She wrote me up three times and then called me in for a meeting to inform me that another write-up for the same issue would get me expelled from the program. I looked into the dress code and saw that the men's hair code was much more lenient. It just said that hair must not touch the collar of the shirt or the tops of the ears. So, the night after that meeting, I went to a hair place and told the stylist to do whatever she wanted to my hair as long as it fit those requirements. She was stoked and gave me a really cute pixie cut. The next day, the same instructor tried to write me up, but since I was technically in dress code, she couldn't. The next semester, there was a man with long hair who wore it in a bun instead of cutting it, and the following semester, the dress code was rewritten to be gender neutral. I'm going to be straight with you, OP. I don't know what Fire Academy is. I, I really have no clue. So, this whole story, I was just picturing in my head, whatever school students go to in the Fire Nation, and then you said that it's a paramilitary-type school, which just reinforced that image even more. So, flamey-o, hot man! That was our slash malicious compliance, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast, because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.